It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to episode six of the Matt Collins Show, which is my podcast. I am your host, Matt Collick, and uh, I, I am your titular host. Uh, this is the Matt Collick Show. We've made it to episode six. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah? Uh, that's wonderful to hear. Today is uh, Monday, April 27th, 2020. The time is 11.15 a.m., Mountain Daylight Time. Yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing pretty much every Monday for the foreseeable future is uh, finding some time to get behind the microphone and talk to you guys I have no interviews scheduled for the podcast, but I, I, I hope to be um, taking care of that soon so we can get some different voices on the podcast. It's uh, It's been great to have three interviews in the can and, and be, to be able to share those with, with you guys, but uh, I feel like I can only go so long with uh, just releasing episodes that are that are just me um, before you guys get, get sick of that, so... I'm going to find a way to, to figure out how to, how to get some guests on the show, some different voices. Uh, speaking of different voices, uh, sometimes I get these characters who live in my head for a while. And right now, there's, uh, I'm going to introduce you to this guy who, who just, he just, he just introduced himself to me today. Uh, it, it just don't make no sense. Now, that, that just don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. I know you explained it to me real good. It, it just don't make no sense. You see, it just don't make no sense. And so that's that guy. Um, I was doing some laundry, and, and there he appeared, uh, uh, confused and yet like super confident. Um, he's not afraid to let you know that that things don't make sense. Uh, me personally, if I feel like something doesn't make sense, I'm a little embarrassed by it because I feel like I, I should be making sense of this. So obviously it's my fault because I'm not making sense of it. This guy, he doesn't have that problem. Not sure of his name. I, I feel like it, it starts with a T. Uh, probably because I feel like he's from Tennessee and I'm, a, I'm fond of alliteration. Um, and it, he just wants to let you know things don't make no sense. Um, he's not a dumb guy. He's not a dumb guy. Uh, he's fairly well-educated, probably went to community college, um, maybe had a year or two of university. Eh, who knows? Um, yeah, it, it just don't make no sense to him. And uh, that's, that's kind of his main feature. That's his main characteristic. So um, <laughs> this is why I need to have guests on the program. All right. So um, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, things are feel kind of settled around here. Like we're in the quarantine groove. We're in the, the self, the, the social distancing isolation groove around here. Um, we're working on stuff, Annie and me, Annie, my partner, Annie Sanchez, you should visit her website, mariposastrategies.com. Uh, she does great work, um, much different from the work I do. Um, that's why we are so powerful together. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're in this quarantine groove. Things are kind of settled in. We've got, uh, resources. We have everything we need. We're finding ways to connect to people. We're finding new ways to use and uh, and share our talents. Uh, things are going really well, I, I have to say. Um, I wonder, like, about uh, what is going on in the world, though. There are people who are actually not, not doing so well. There are people protesting uh, the orders to stay at home. Um, people posting, like, pictures of the Constitution saying they have a signed permission slip to do what I want. Uh, talk about snowflakes. Um 
especially I, I saw footage of the protests back home in Wisconsin, where, where I come from in Madison. Um, yeah, it, it's just really sad to see that stuff. So I'm trying to not really pay attention um, so much uh, to that that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's just upsetting to know that all these clowns are, are protesting the, the very thing that's going to keep humanity safe, uh, so that they can get the economy opened back up so that they can engage with their abuser once again. Um, you know what, if, if I were those people, I would be those people and feel the same way too. But, uh, guys, knock it off, knock it off. Um, I, I actually, I have no interest in this being over. We, I got an email yesterday from my, uh, one of our senators, uh, U.S. senators, Martin Heinrich, and it said, I know we all want this to be over. No, Senator Heinrich, I don't want this to be over. You're, you are mistaken, actually. This, this is something I want to continue, uh, to be quite honest. That's what's going on around here. Uh, this weekend, I, I spend a lot of time recording and uh, preparing and uploading my NPR Music Tiny Desk Contest entry. Um, you can see the video on my YouTube channel. Um, I'll be promoting it quite a bit. So it's on my website. I'll be, I'll be posting it on social media. There's really no way you can escape my NPR Tiny Desk Contest performance. Um, I did my song, They Died Alive. Um, I've had the, the chalkboard wall in my office. It's actually behind me right now. I've had that um, all decorated with um, the name of the song, They Died Alive, and a little tiny desk, and my name, and, and all that. That's been up there for more than a month now, I, as I've been kind of backburnering the tiny desk contest entry. Um, today, April 27th, is actually the deadline, so I figured over the weekend I, I had to get to work on it, get it done. So um, I set up the, the camera, set up the lights, um, did, did the hair and makeup and wardrobe, and uh, got, got the thing recorded and submitted. I recorded it on Saturday. I think I did like five takes officially, and the fifth and final one, of course, was, was the best one. It was the loosest, the most free, um, and I felt really good about it. Yesterday, I went through and uh, mixed the audio and made, made it sound good and uh, synced it up with the video and uh, uploaded it to YouTube and submitted it to NPR. So wish me luck, friends. Wish me luck. Um, that's fun. That's fun. It, it's fun to have this this contest to enter. Um, the chances of me actually winning it are, are pretty slim. It's highly, highly unlikely that I'll win, but that's not really the point. The point is just to it's another thing that I can promote and talk about and tell people that I'm doing. It's a way, I, for last year, for example, it's how I met um, my friends Jason and Melissa from the duo Mary Dean, who, uh, if you haven't checked out episode two of the Matt Colick Show podcast, check it out because uh, Jason and Melissa were my, my first guests on the program. That's back in episode two. Uh, they have an amazing uh set of stories, uh, their, their individual stories and their stories uh, together as a couple and as a musical duo. Uh, those guys escaped a goddamn cult. Um, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, I met them through the Tiny Desk Contest last year. I, I uploaded and submitted my video for the song, He Wasn't Right. Um, and I went through and I decided I'm going to watch all the New Mexico entries. And I decided I, I, I found a lot of really good ones. Um, and so I subscribed to those people on YouTube. I left comments. Um, a lot of them became sort of online friends and we like each other's stuff and, and things like that. And that's always good to have. Um, Mary Dean, Jason and Melissa, they became actual friends and musical collaborators through this process. So yeah, um, I, it's unlikely that I will win, but it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of as a, as an independent musician. 
uh, better than like trying to be on American Idol or The Voice. I, I know I, I talk shit about the people seem to think that that's how one acquires a music career these days is by entering contests. And I, I really bristle against that. And yes, this is a contest I'm entering, but it's not like I have to sign over the rights to all my shit to NBC or whatever. I, I keep all the rights and it's, it's a fun thing. And it's, you know, it's NPR. NPR, who in my opinion is, is probably way more conservative than you think they are. Um, and pro-corporate and, you know, they've, they've got some issues, friends. They've got some issues. But I'm, I'm happy they do this tiny desk thing and they open it up for independent, unsigned musicians, artists like me. I had a lot of fun with it. Today um, in the podcast, I'm going to break down the song I did for the NPR Tiny Desk Contest. I did the song They Died Alive. So I'm going to um, have the recording, the audio recording from the Tiny Desk contest video in the podcast here. But before that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the song, how I wrote it, what it's about, um, all that, all that kind of thing. I got to turn my input volume down just a little bit here. I, I seem to have clipped getting a little hot here, getting a little hot. Ah, uh, yeah, that's better. That's better. Um, let's see what else, what else? The tiny desk video. Um, yeah, that that I'm I'm very excited about that. Oh yeah, I'm going to talk about the song, and then you're going to hear the song, and then I'm going to talk a little more, and that's going to be the podcast today. Uh, today, probably the shortest episode. La last week was quite an epic of me chit chatting on the microphone and orating. Uh, today, uh, yeah, I'm going to get off this thing sooner and uh, get get to the meat of the show. Uh, just a few more things to talk about. Um, lately. I don't know about you, but I, I wonder if you're like me and, and wondering if we actually had coronavirus like back in January or something. This is something I'm hearing more and more about people now that we're all becoming more aware of what the symptoms of the coronavirus COVID-19 actually are. I think a lot of us are looking back and wondering, fuck, that weird illness I had back in January, February, was, was that actually coronavirus? Um, and I think there's there's something to that. I got sick uh, from about December 30th and was sick basically for more than three weeks until close to the end of January, sort of off and on. Um, and I must have caught it around the holidays, maybe some packages that, that came in, stuff coming in from China. Um, I, I tend to think Rona has been with us a little longer than what, what we all, all kind of tend to believe right now. And I think maybe I had it. I was like sick for such a long time. Uh, I had this awful dry cough. Annie made me sleep on the couch for several <laughs> nights. I think she actually slept on the couch too, just because the cough was so bad and so disruptive. Um, it, it was nasty and I was coughing up like really, really nasty shit and it just continued. I would feel like, oh, I'm getting better. I'm going to go for a long walk. But then that evening I would be just completely run down and out of gas. Um, and it took forever for this thing to, to kind of lift. Um, then Annie was sick in uh, sort of mid to late February, uh, late February around her birthday at the end of the month. Um and that was a weird illness, too. Uh, and then I started getting sick again as well, which is now that's something we, we keep hearing about is that people who have had the virus are not necessarily developing immunities and are, are experiencing like second and third rounds of symptoms. So um, no way to tell if that's actually what happened. But gosh, looking back, I was looking back through my journal from that time of the year. And yeah, sure enough, that's what uh, those symptoms were. Oh, 
gosh, where was I? <laughs> um, one of these days I'm going to be able to record the podcast without being interrupted <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, we had somebody come to the door delivering some groceries for us uh, from one of the local restaurants. We got some eggs and bacon and bread and bleach, uh, some gloves, things like that. So I, I brought those into the house and... Um, sanitized my hands and uh, got back in the office. And, and here we are. I believe I was talking about how I thought um, maybe we had coronavirus earlier this year. Uh, the symptoms seem to match up. And uh, yeah, checking my journal, it's like, whoa, it was kind of freaky looking back at that. Of course, at the time, I wasn't really aware of coronavirus or anything. So I had no reason to suspect that that's what was happening. But now looking back, the symptoms match up. The duration of the illness seems to match up. Um, yeah, kind of weird, kind of weird. Um, yeah, I remember it like kind of coming and going. It would get worse at night. Um, there were days where I would feel really, really good. I'd go out and get some exercise and get stuff done, but then I would just be hit by a truck again. Um, just these ebbs and flows, these waves of illness and recovery. Um, very similar to what I'm hearing people describe from from their experiences with COVID-19. Um Here's the psychedelic portion of the program. One night, it was January 5th in the middle of this illness. Uh, it was on a day when I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm better now uh, for the most part. And I thought and Annie was out of the house. I had the place to myself. I thought I'm going to take a heroic dose of psilocybin mushrooms. So that's what I did. Um, I don't know the exact dose I took. It was more than five grams. Um and it's it's not like I, like I'm I'm reluctant kind of to to mention sizes of doses because everybody is different. I'm not trying to like big time anybody or um, impress people with the amounts I take. There are people who take a lot more than me. People who take a lot less than me. There are experiences I've had that have been uh, profoundly uh, psychedelic and uh, impactful on my life on very low doses. Um, and then there are times I've taken super super high doses and it was just like meh whatever. So uh, it's not really so much about the dosage. There, there are so many factors. Anyway, January 5th, I, I had one of those high-dose, uh, big, big experience experiences. Um, and being a little sick kind of put me in a, in a, in a different sort of state of mind. And I, um, I had a, just a deeply profound experience of uh, psychedelic awakening once again. Really the most impactful one I've had since my initial spiritual awakening back in April of 2015. Uh, you can hear about that in episode five of the podcast, by the way. Um, I spent most of the evening, uh, for about five hours of the trip, I was just lying in bed with my portable Bluetooth speaker playing. Um, there's an artist, a music artist named East Forest, uh, who he, he seems like a really cool guy, um, like kind of ambient new, new age music. Uh, he also has a podcast called 10 Laws with East Forest. I would love to have him as a guest on my podcast. Um, he's a musician who created a five-hour piece of music called Music for Magic Mushrooms, which is perfect for syncing up to one's uh, psilocybin mushroom experience. Um, I worked through so many things, revisited so many things, got to the uh, the ego death outside of myself place. Um, and really the main message of that experience was, was harmony. Um, 
to be able to find harmony with what is, instead of trying to insist on your melody, why not find the note, find the set of notes that actually fit in and harmonize with the current situation? If it's cacophonous, if it's dissonant, what is the note uh, that you can sing? What is the series of notes you can sing, you can play, you can vibrate out that, that, that change the cacophony, that change the dissonance into something resembling harmony? into something resembling a chord shape. Um, yeah, something like that. It's, it's like finding the note. Here I am in this situation. I'm feeling a certain way. How can I boil that down to one vibration? Um, and this requires you to shut off your brain and to stop thinking, to stop using words and language as your means of thinking, um, and to just simply be. Uh, what note are you going to be? in that situation. So this is, this is, this is where I went on January 5th in the middle of what may have been a bout of coronavirus. Uh, uh, Conan O'Brien, Coronan O'Brien, Coronan O'Brien says, uh, he talks about this too, where he's not the most, uh, in, in, in metaphorically speaking, where he just needs to find that one note. He's over there in the corner playing his triangle and everybody, there's this orchestra happening and it's loud. And it's, if you can just play that triangle and find the perfect note and cadence to play your little triangle um, and fit in perfectly, that's how you know you're, you're doing it right. And so that's what Conan O'Brien tries to do. He knows he's got his note and he's just going to play it and play it the best he can. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do too. Ah, yes. Um, guys, with the um, Tiny Desk contest entry, one thing I wanted to know was the evolution of my artistry. Like, I am so much better this year than I was last year. Um, I think you'll hear that in the music. If you go to my YouTube and you check out last year's entry for um, He Wasn't Right and then look at this year's entry for um, They Died Alive. Wow, I look a lot different. I sound different. Um, still the same person, still the same artist, but I've, I've improved and evolved and I, I can't wait to see where, where I'm headed. Ah, let's see what else is going on here. Oh, Kira Holt, Kira Holt, who is the guest on the Matt Collick show podcast back in episode four. Uh, she is finally releasing her debut solo acoustic EP entitled gold flakes. Uh, you should check it out wherever you get music. It should be popping up on all the streaming services. Like by, by the time you hear this, uh, if not, very soon after you hear this, uh, it'll be on Spotify, Apple music, uh, Google play, Deezer, like all, all the places, probably Amazon too. TikTok. Uh, it's a three-song EP. Uh, you got to hear two of the songs back in uh, the episode where she was the guest on the show. Uh, and I'm so excited for her and her career and where this is going to take her. Uh, check out Kira's episode. Again, that's episode number four. Did I say episode two? I meant to say episode number four. And then check out Kira on Instagram. That's the best place to find her. She is at Kira A. Holt. That's at K-I-R-A-A-H-O-L. Um, yeah, check out that. That's called Gold Flakes by Kira, Kira Holt. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I've been working on, on music. I, I'm going to be diving really, really deeply back into it this week. Now that the podcast is in a good groove, I'm going to be working on my solo debut album entitled Microorganism. Uh, let's see. What, what else is going on here? Um, gosh, there's... 
a lot of anxieties I'm dealing with about the reaction people are going to have to to the stuff I'm putting out in the world. It's something that's just kind of been bubbling under the surface for a while now. You know, I've I've, I've been putting more and more and more of myself out into the, into the world with the blog and playing music in front of people. Now the podcast. Now I'm going to be releasing even more music, and um, I need to kind of be mindful and steal myself and uh, center myself in a place where I'm not depending on external factors, external people, um, external actions to ensure my happiness. Um, I'm going to be trying to be happy and just, just doing the work and putting it out there and not requiring any sort of reaction um, in order to be satisfied with what I'm putting out there. Uh, and as an artist, gosh, that's tough. That's kind of like one of the main big things artists deal with. And people, um, I gotta say, people say some weird things to artists and, and musicians. Obviously as a musician, I'm, I'm especially sensitive to this, but, um, I call it complimenting the frame. Um, imagine you go to a museum and, uh, or, or an art gallery, um, and there's, there's a painting and you encounter the artist and you say, Hey artist, wow, I, it's, it's cool to meet you say that frame is really something. Where'd you get that frame? Oh, I love the detail on that frame. Um, this is very typical of what, <laughs> what artists, musicians, creative people hear, um, and I know people don't mean any harm by it, but what if you put all your heart and soul into something, into a creation of yours, and you shared it with the world, and what people complimented was something just kind of auxiliary, auxiliary uh, related to the thing you created, the frame, not the painting itself. Um, it's like playing music and like you, you pour, pour your heart and soul into a performance and then people want to come up and talk to you about gear. Um, which is like, okay, that's fine. I'll talk to you about gear, but it's like, what about the thing I did with the gear? Like, that's kind of the main point here. Um, yeah, people say weird shit. I remember one time back with my blues band, I, I played a show and I was feeling really good about it. A woman came up to me after, um, and she didn't have to make her way to me or approach me at all, but she made her way to me to tell me that she really loved the sound of my voice. And I was like, oh, thank you. Uh, being someone sort of insecure about the sound of my voice, um, I loved getting that compliment. Like, yes, okay, it's working. My voice isn't that bad. I, I can feel a little more comfortable in it. Uh, but then, of course, she went on to say that, yeah, it reminds me of Garrison Keeler. It reminds me of Garrison Keillor, and I'm thinking, Garrison Keillor, not a noted singer, not a noted uh, vocalist, certainly a noted orator. Uh, and she went on to say that, yeah, the, my talking between the songs, uh, she, my voice really reminded her of Garrison Keillor, uh, former host of A Prairie Home Companion and uh, noted, um, <laughs> noted sex offender. Uh, at the time, we didn't know that about him, of course, to be fair. Um, but yeah, this woman made a special point to come up to me and compliment the way I talk between songs. Um, people people say the weirdest shit, and it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yes, I'm sensitive to it, um, and I know like any compliment is good, but also like it really shows a lack of awareness, a lack of empathy, and a just a, a lack of just paying attention to what people are are doing and what is important to them. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, gee, doc, thanks for fixing me. Um, oh, those gloves you were wearing, they must've done, you know, um, yeah, stuff, stuff like that. 
yes. Another thing is, um, and this is just kind of advice for younger artists and especially musicians, the sooner you can let go of like your friends and family be, uh, being into what you're doing, the better. Um, your friends and your family are not going to be your biggest supporters. Um, they'll be there for you. They'll, they'll, they'll support you in, in their way. But if you expect that they're going to show up at every show and that they're going to really understand what you're saying with your art, um, that's just going to lead to disappointment. They'll be there for you for the like the album releases, the the big big events. You can count on them for that. But uh, the sooner you can let go of them being your fan base, the better. Um, I know you're getting lots of likes on Facebook from your your auntie and everything, but are are those really your fans, or are just are you kind of? using those likes as, as a crutch, as a, like that's, that's instead of going out and finding your audience, are you relying on the friends and family being nice to you? Um, let go of that shit. Actually try to find your audience, find the people you actually vibe with the people who really, really understand and get your music as well as you do. Um, and then if friends and family are into it, great, that's a bonus. It's gravy and you can feel good about it. Otherwise, you're going to feel like shit because, man, all these people do all my life was ask about my music and when they can see me and how they can support me. I finally released something and crickets. Um, that's normal. That's typical. And these people can be forgiven. They, they, they don't know how. They don't know how to support you. So all you can do is just be your best self, create the best stuff you can create, put it out there, find your audience, and then your friends and family will find their way to you in a, in a more rewarding way because they'll see how other people react to you. They'll see how other people love what you do. Um, and that will be the way they begin to understand what you're up to as an artist. So yeah, complimenting the frame. Um, I, I know my, <laughs> if you're a musician, you know what I'm talking about. Just the weird shit people say. Um, but try, try to forgive them. Try to forgive them. If you were that person, you would be the, the same way. That's what I always try to tell myself. Ah, let's see. Uh, the last, uh, last week I went on a, here's another psychedelic portion of the podcast. I went on a walk, one of my long walks, this one, 12 miles on Thursday and I took a sort of a, a concert dose, less than one gram of psilocybin mushrooms. And I, I got some downloads, um, one of which was sort of this new vision of the future where I think we're all just getting really, really sick and tired of the duality of the political system and the way all of our dramas are kind of played out in this dualistic left versus right political system where all we can do is talk about and think about the current office holders um, whose names I'm not going to say and what they're doing and what moves they're making on the chessboard and all of our inner anxieties and, and beliefs and values are being played out on this dumb, dumb stage. Um, I think we're all just getting really, really fucking sick of it. I think we're sick of the duality of left versus right. Uh, it's all one thing. It's all just one thing. Um, and I think we're getting sick of that one thing. Um, I don't think the government is going to be overthrown. I don't think there's really going to be a revolution. I think people are just going to stop putting so much energy and, and, and mental... Uh, yeah, mental energy into uh, into politics, into that game. I think where real leadership and where where people are going to be pointing their attention and perception in terms of who our leaders are is going to come from the culture. It's going to come from authors and creators. And uh, yeah, obviously, I'm <laughs> the new leaders are going to be people exactly like me. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, I know I know that's uh, that that benefits me. But honestly, that's that's the way I see it playing out. Um, all of our dramas and beliefs and values are going to be detached and diffused from this left versus right duality, and they're going to be atomized and 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 seeded into the culture. And we're not going to be drawing these stark lines between left and right and dark and light so much anymore. Um, and we're all going to get along a little better. Um, and the government will turn into just a sort of officious bureaucracy where the necessary formalities of, of governing a large group of people take place. But it's not going to be like the center of the cultural battleground anymore. Um, and it's not going to happen through revolution or some big change. Um, it's just going to eventually take place due to where we are pointing our energy, where we are pointing our perception. Um, there will probably still be a president and stuff like that, but that position isn't going to be so important. Um, it's not going to be something people have such weird ambitions for in terms of gaining power. We're not going to see people like the current office holder have ambitions to, to achieve that kind of power. Um, and this is all going to happen alongside, you know, healthcare for all, uh, no more homelessness. We're going to like, like, this is going to bring about a, a change where we actually start taking care of people, um, in a meaningful way. Um, and so that's what I see happen. That's kind of my vision of the future. The, uh, leaders are, are going to be, leadership is going to be shifting from, from politics to culture and the world's going to be so much better off as a result. Ah, so that's kind of fun. That's been my week. I've been chatting here for nearly 30 minutes. I suppose I should get into uh, the song story, the song explainer. Um, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, before I get into the song explainer, uh, I want to tell you to check out all the episodes of the podcast. There are five previous episodes. Uh, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell all your friends. The show is now available um, wherever people get podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, uh, Pocket Cast, like all, all those places. Um, Consider becoming a, pat a patron on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick. Um, I put stuff up pretty sporadically, but I'm going to be shifting my focus more to Patreon in the coming months, uh, really trying to build a community over there. Uh, that's where I really want it to happen. I've really been enjoying the interactions and experiences I've had with people I support on Patreon, and I kind of want to build a similar thing for me and, and for you guys. Uh, I'm going to be releasing lots of music. Um, my music is everywhere now. Follow me on Spotify. Listen to the theme song for this podcast, which is the first single I've dropped. I might release uh, They Died Alive, the Tiny Desk version, as a single, so watch for that. Uh, and there's more music coming within the next month. By, by uh, May 15th, I hope to release my first album, Microorganism. Uh, send me an email, uh, matt at mattcolic.com if you have anything you'd like to say or any questions or uh, any anything with regard to the podcast, the music, or anything else. Matt at mattcolic.com. Mattcolic.com is the website. Um, that's M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com. Sign up for the email list, read the blog, check it out. Um, you know, do, do all the things. Do all the things. Follow me on social media. All that kind of stuff. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna take take a a mini break and then I'm gonna get back into the song explainer section for my song "They Died Alive." Uh, keep it here, folks. I'll be right back. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Matt Colic Show, Episode Six. Uh, today I'm going to attempt to explain my song "They Died Alive." "They Died Alive" is a song. 
I wrote back in 2018. It was one of the first songs I wrote as part part of my 2018 songwriting challenge where I, I tried to write two songs a month. This is one I had kind of sort of written prior to 2018, and I thought that would be a good one to pick up on to get get started, get the ball rolling with my, my serious songwriting. Um, this one is unique among Matt Collick songs in that it's not in a, like a four-based time. It's not a one, two, three, four. It's more of a three. I'm not sure technically if it would be like in three, four, or six, eight. Um, I kind of, it can be counted in two different ways. One, two, three, four. Or you can do one, two, three for each one of those four beats. So one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three, da, 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 da. So it's got that kind of rolling triplet feel to it versus the da, 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 that four, that equal subdividing four feel to music. Um, this is really the only song of mine that does that, where it's kind of a one, two, three rhythmic pattern. Um, initially it started, it started with me playing that pattern for my song, Hopeless Horse, which you heard me explain in episode one of the podcast. So I have my guitar tuned here to open D. Um, so I, I can't really play Hopeless Horse properly, but it was sort of like... Like that. Um, and I thought, ooh, this is going to be the new way I play Hopeless Horse now. Uh, then I had the thought, no, write a new song. You've already, you know, I already play Hopeless Horse three or four different ways. It's time to start putting some energy into some new compositions. So I, I thought I would, I would create a new song. Um, and I also was playing around with open D tuning, which is D, A, D, G, uh, no, no, F sharp, A, D. So when you play all the strings openly, it creates a nice D chord. Um, and then I took that rhythmic figure and I'm just playing around with it like this. Dun, 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 two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. And then I thought, okay, that's cool. I like that. I like the depth of the D, which is two, which is a whole step lower than normal guitar tuning. Um, I thought I thought it sounded heavy. Um, I was thinking a lot about my dad and like how I lost him. We we lost him. He he left his body the previous year. How we lost uh, Annie and I lost our friend Morris, our, our special cat. Um, and these were the ideas that were swimming around in my head as I was coming up with the song. And I thought, okay, I need kind of a riff. What is the riff here? And so I, I came up with this thing. He cried and crawled to the... Like that. Um, so... That was kind of the main motif. And so for the verses, I decided I'm just going to hang out on that D chord. Up to G. 
And when I hit that G chord, um, I'm putting my fingers on the fifth fret on the sixth, fifth, and fourth strings. So on the E, A, and G strings. And the rest are open. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of using open strings for solo acoustic performances. It, it really adds a lot of depth and dimension. So it's like And in the early parts of the verses, I kind of just palm mute more heavily. It's quieter. I'm not playing all the strings, but as we go through the verses, I kind of open it up more and more. Let more and more strings open up and, and ring out. And then there's sort of the uh, where the, the verse changes. This song doesn't really have a verse chorus traditional structure, so. Uh, then it goes into A, G, F, G, C, a, G, F. Like that, and those are the chords. So we've got the D, the G, and those are the two main chords. Then we get to that kind of pre chorus -y sort of section at the end of each verse. It goes up to A, da 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 Expecting a comma. Oh, 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 oh. Like that, yeah. Sorry, my voice is not warmed up for singing today. And that's kind of how the song goes. At the very end, I go to that bridge section with the A chord. And this is where I just let it all out and open it all up. And that's when I sing, They died alive in the really super high vocals. This song is a really good, I, I picked it um, largely because I feel like it's a good showcase for my guitar playing and my singing, and the, especially the range I'm able to achieve with my singing that I'm able to achieve much more clearly and cleanly this year than I did last year for last year's entry. So that's sort of the, uh, the rhythmic, harmonic, instrumental portion of the song. Uh, lyrically, like I mentioned, it's, I was thinking a lot about my dad who had passed away. I was thinking about our cat Morris who passed away and just kind of these transitions and the things people left behind, uh, the, pe the things people leave behind when they leave their bodies and, and the ways that people who are left behind must, uh, must reckon with all that. That's kind of the, 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 those are the main themes of the song. So the first verse is uh, really about my dad. The second verse is, is about Morris. And then the third verse is kind of tying it all together. The first verse is, he cried and crawled to the casino with a candle. And I wasn't sure if what the song was going to be about when I wrote that line. It was the first line I wrote for the song. And I'm just a big fan of alliteration. Anytime I can string together a bunch of words that all begin with the same consonant sound, uh, that's that's really fun for me. Uh, to the point where it, it maybe it even annoys people, but that's kind of my deal. That's one of the... The signatures of Matt Colick um, songwriting is uh, there's a lot of alliteration, a lot of 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 alliteration, and I try to use a lot of internal rhymes um, where it's not like the the line at the the word at the end of the line rhymes with the word at the end of the next line or the the, the following line. Uh, it's more about the word rhymes with the word that immediately preceded it. Uh, so those are kind of the Matt Colick lyrical. 
I don't know, secrets. <laughs> Not really secrets. There's just shit I like to do. So he cried and crawled to the casino with a candle. A lot of C's there. Cried, crawled, casino, candle. He thought the slot machines, thought, slot. There's uh, an example of me attempting an internal rhyme. He thought the slot machines should burn. Uh, they served him almost all the brandy he could handle. Another, <laughs> another attempt at an internal rhyme. Brandy, handle, and, and. Um, and that's obviously about my dad. He was uh, a big, big fan of the brandy drinks. The poker tables never turned. So the tables never turning, uh, things never really, you know, it just seemed like a clever line. Uh, demanding oxygen, the flame took over. It told a story through his bones. He rose to spin the wheel when gravity ceased. Say goodbye in language no one speaks. Um, yeah, my dad was, was fun of, was fond of playing cards and going to the casino and brandy drinks. And then he had an issue with his lungs. Uh, so when gravity ceased, uh, say goodbye in language, no one speaks. I remember getting a call from my mom the day my dad was, was transitioning and we were, we hadn't left to Arizona to, to go be with my parents yet. Um, and my mom put my dad on the phone and he was, he was vocalizing, but he wasn't really saying anything, but I didn't need to hear the, the content of the words he was saying. I knew he, what he was saying, even though it was just kind of a soft, whispery mumble. Um, say goodbye in language, no one speaks. That's what that line's all about. Um, yeah, and then uh, we go into that, that, that uh, sort of bridge-type section where we go to the A chord. The phrase contained a subtle hint of it. The timing could have been, could have been, oh, 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 oh. So, the phrase contained a subtle hint of it. So the phrase, what my dad was trying to tell me on the phone, it contained a subtle hint of it. It contained a subtle hint of everything he wanted to say. It was all encoded in whatever he was vocalizing to me, even though it didn't make literal sense. <sighs> The phrase contained a subtle hint of it. The timing could have been, could have been, and then that line just kind of ends with an ellipsis. It could have been what? Um, the timing was not perfect. The timing was not perfect is what I'm trying to say there, and it just kind of gets left off with things left unsaid, undone, and not concluded. That's kind of the point of the whole song. So the timing could have been, could have been, oh, whoa, oh, oh, and then back to the main riff. Uh, the second verse there was an animal evolved to meet its maker. Um, that's about our cat Morris, uh, who we found dead on the sidewalk uh, on Thanksgiving Day a couple years ago. Um, still having a hard time getting over that one. But this song has helped me work through my feelings. <laughs> His fur was heard around the way, and so like he was just a he was a he was a cat. He was he was around the neighborhood. People saw him. People were aware of him. His fur was heard around the way. Uh, again, fur heard. Just trying to. St- <laughs> to uh, shoehorn as many internal rhymes into a song as possible. Um, they fed him bread baked by the city's finest baker. Uh, we bought him just the best cat food. He never promised that he'd stay. We did all of that knowing that he's a street cat at heart. He's not making any promises to us. Uh, everything we have with him is gravy. Ah, uh, yeah. And then the line, eviscerated by a savage hunger. I mean, that's how we found him eviscerated. He knew the future in his bones. Uh, prior to that incident, like he was, I feel like he was getting in fights more. He was, he was 
he was putting himself in da- more dangerous situations. He was getting injured more. Like he knew something was about to happen. Um, I feel like he had premonitions and and he was just kind of, fuck it, I'm going to live my life and go on in as many adventures as I can. He knew the future in his bones. That's kind of a, a motif, knowing things in one's bones, knowing them deeply, knowing them without having to think using your brain or even gut about it. Ah, yeah. Eviscerated by a savage hunger, he knew the future in his bones. The eyes were terrified. The tooth was missing. Um, I identified him based on his eyes and his missing tooth. He evaporated with their tears. He evaporated. He, um, yeah. He, he rose into vapor and mist and, 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 and blew away along with the tears we shed in sadness over his passing. Ah, yes. And then uh, then we go into that bridge section. The time, uh, what, what does it say? The sentence ended with a question mark. They were expecting a comma. Oh, oh, oh. So it's, his, his passing was under mysterious circumstances. Uh, we were expecting that he would just be continuing his life. We thought maybe like we hadn't seen him in a little while well this is just a a comma a pause he's going on one of his adventures and he'll be back for dinner later nope uh we were expecting a comma it ended with a question mark and that's that then we get into the final verse the final section where i quiet it down and kind of sum it up the candle burned them both that candle i was talking about in the first verse that uh was meant to burn down the slot machines the candle actually burned the, the them both and I'm not sure who I'm talking about here am I talking about my dad and Morris or am I talking about me and Annie and are grieving uh, who knows maybe you could let us let me know what you think about that their gambles gave attention uh, that's the the gambles that my my dad and Morris undertook in their lives and like this this is how they lived their lives that gave attention to the stones they left unturned uh, all the things that they might have done with the way they lived their lives their souls like vapors papers signed but never delivered like things just turning into mist and floating away and we don't get the conclusions and the con- and the closure we 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 want all the time um all uh, their souls like vapors, papers signed but never delivered. Again, with the internal rhymes, their souls like vapors, papers signed but never delivered. All the lessons left unlearned. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Collaborations of the stuff of love. Survivors strive for eyes more dry. I mean, yeah, like we're just collaborating with each other. We're 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 building bonds. We're creating. Things and connections that are greater than the sum of their individual sum, uh, individual parts, uh, greater than their individual parts. Um, that, that's kind of what that line is all about. Collaborations of the stuff of love. Survivors strive for eyes more dry. I mean, we don't want to cry so damn much. Um, they couldn't find the words. They failed to say the truth they knew inside their bones. Um, this is the survivors of the people we lost. It's, it's so hard to figure out the ways to say what needs to be said and to to put words to the feelings we're experiencing. And then we finally end the song with me yelling out, yelping out, they died alive without a sense of time. They died alive. They died alive. Um, they weren't already dead. They were in the midst of living their lives. Even in the, the final week, my dad was alive and pretty sure that this was it. He was continuing to, uh, enjoy his life and do the stuff he enjoyed doing. Same with Morris. And so, um, there wasn't a sense of time. It wasn't a sense of, I don't even know what that, that means, but that's the line. (laughs) Um, so 
I think that pretty much sums it up. And then I let out a scream at the end. And then, uh, then we, ah, we get into placid waters. And I play the melody of the song up high on the E string, which is tuned to D. Ah, you know the melody for this song? That, uh, I, I keep thinking I must have stolen that from something else, uh, but I haven't heard the song I've stolen it from. So as more time goes by, I become increasingly confident that I did not, in fact, steal that from anyone. So, yeah. That's my song, They Died Alive. Uh, maybe someday somebody will, will come at me with a copyright claim and I'll have to credit them as a co-writer. How about that alliteration? <laughs> That's my song, They Died Alive. Um, I'm going to play the recording of it now. Uh, this is the recording I did for the Tiny Desk Contest, uh, which you can, you can check out the video for this and see the, the images married to the audio on my website, mattcolic.com, and on my YouTube channel. All right, please enjoy the song. Enjoy the song. They died alive. I'll be back to close this thing out and uh, take you home. All right, thanks, guys. Stick around. The slot machines should burn They served him almost all the brandy he could handle The poker tables never turned Demanding oxygen The flame took over he told a story through his bones, yeah. He rose to spin the wheel when gravity ceased. Say goodbye in language no one speaks. The saves contain the That he'd stay. He fascinated by a savage hunger. He knew. 
feel the future in his bones The eyes were terrified The tooth was missing He evaporated with their tears, yeah The sentence ended with a question mark Attention to all the stones they left unturned. Their souls like vapors, papers signed but never delivered. All the lessons left unlearned. Collaborations of the staff of love Survivors strive for eyes more dry They couldn't find the word They failed to say The truth they knew inside their bones, yeah So that's the song. That's probably the best I've ever played it. Um, and I'm happy that I captured it for the Tiny Desk Contest. Always room for improvement, but that's like, I feel really, really good about it. So uh, check out the video for that. I would really appreciate it. Uh, go to mattcolic.com and... Uh, Guys, that's been the podcast. I think we're going to pull this thing through in less than an hour. This is the shortest episode of the podcast thus far, but as always, packed, packed with valuable, valuable, meaningful, important content for you to enjoy. 
All right, guys. Uh, yes, again, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, visit patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick to support me. At the $5 level, you get exclusive podcast content and some really cool stuff. When I have interviews, I post them there first before I put them out on the main feed here. Uh, this week, I'm going to do an additional song explainer as bonus content just for my patrons. So if you join at the $5 level, uh, you'll be able to hear me explain my song, How Do I Get Back to That Place, which is another one of my Open D songs. Uh, that one is all about my spiritual awakening. So I, I think that'll be a fun one for you guys to, to check out if you're interested in how I came up with that one and, and the stories behind it. Uh, let's see what else. Um, check out Kira Holt's new music, her EP called Gold Flakes. Uh, it's everywhere you get music. Uh, check her out on Instagram. That's K-I-R-A-A-H-O-L-T. Uh, what else we got? Send me an email at matt at mattcolic.com. Uh, follow me on Spotify or wherever you get music. Uh, stream uh, continuously my single, the theme from the Matt Colic Show, and watch for new music. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to be doing a ton of stuff in the, in the coming months, so I'm glad you guys are with me to experience it. Um, this is going to be great. I'll be back next week with a new episode. Maybe there will be an interview. Who knows? I kind of make it up as I go along. All I know is every Monday I've got to put one of these things out. And so, um, yeah, we're going to have fun with it. Guys, I, I hope to hear from you. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Um, this has been great. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed They Died Alive. Friends, shine on. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.